welcome to the Giants of Backlog. This week, I'll be your host as we take you through a spoiler-heavy mode, What Remains of Edith Finch. I've got with me Jay Peterson, Alec Radle. Hello. Buckingheiser. You too. <laughs> and, of course, our fifth member, Hilda. Yeah, Hilda the Deaf Puppy. Follow her on Instagram, Hilda the Aussie. Let's get Hilda trending. <laughs> Let's get her trending. All right. So this week we're going to talk about what remains to be the finch. This is a game I've had on my backlog for a long time. Jay told me about it a few years ago that I needed to play it, and I ignored him until now. <laughs> but typical guys with my friends that I tell them to play games. But I, I will say I did really enjoy it, and we'll get into that in a little bit. But first, I wanted to play a game. Yay! All I right. love games. That's why I'm on this podcast. So this game is called <laughs> 10 out of 10? Question mark? So what I've done is I've looked up the last um, 10 well, I mean, game of the year winners. And I looked up their uh, open critic slash Metacritic score if uh, it was too old to have an open critic score. And the game is going to be, I'm going to have these guys, I'm going to name the game and they've got to tell me if they think it's a 10 out of 10 on Metacritic and, or OpenCritic. And the context is we round up. So if it's 95 or higher, okay. it's a 10 out of 10. I was going to say none of them. If it's 95 or, <laughs> yeah, if it's 95 or less, it's not. A, so, all right, I'm going to go in chronological order. So the first one I did was from 2010, Mass Effect 2. Jay, what do you say? 10 out of 10 or no? No. Great old 10 out of 10? No. Nope. John? No. 96 was the score. Oh. It was a 10 out of 10. So nobody gets a point around. All right, 2011. The Elder Scrolls V, Skyrim. John, I'm going to start with you. 10 out of 10? Yes. Great old. Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay, everybody got that one. It was a 96. It's going to be between 96 and 98 for most of the 10 out of 10s. All right, 2012. So this was before the Game Awards, so it's a little dicey on what was Game of the Year. I was doing one per year? One per year. Okay. Yeah, so I just looked at the last 10 years. So Game Awards started in 2014, so I used that as my Game of the Year, but I was using, like, the Spike Game of the Year award before that. That's what Kaylee did before. Yeah, seemed right. So 2012, The Walking Dead Telltale Game. (laughs) Great old. I love it. But no. John. No. Okay. Well, you guys are right. 89. <laughs> Another three for three. Good job. I thought you were laughing because you were wrong. Was like, yeah, that would be great. Yeah. That's too? Yeah. There, there's no way. There's no way. 2013, I think The Last of Us was uh, Spikes, but mm-hmm. I picked GTA 5. Because uh, I won some other Alex Game of the Year awards. So let's start with Jay again. What was the game? GTA 5. No. Great. Yes, but The Last of Us was also yes. John. Yes. 96. Damn. Was The Last of Us also a 10? It was also a 95, so it would have also made it. Okay. All right. 2014, Dragon Age Inquisition. Let's start with John. Oh, I have no idea. Yes. No. (laughs) Yes. 88 on Open Critic. Oh, oh, I like that game. I got two hours into it. Yeah, I got it for free on Xbox. Yeah. 
right. 2015, The Witcher 3, Wild Pond. Let's start with Strainal. Yes. John. Yes. Jay. Yes. 92 on Open Critic. Open Critic's more strength. Yeah. Open Critic is Yes, that's definitely true, too. Um, they let in more of the game outlets from the weeds or Giants of the Log. You want some Molson Hill? Like starting with 2014, that was the first one where it was Open Critics. The rest of these are all Open Critics scores. Okay. 2016 was Overwatch. Let's go to Jay. Yes. John. No. Grinnell. What was it? Overwatch? Overwatch above a 95. No. Had or above. Uh, it was a 90. Yeah. All right. 2017 was, of course, Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Let's start with John. Yes. Grinnell. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I, I actually know this one for a fact. Yeah, it was, it was a 96. 96. Correct. Yep. So, so Gradle cheated. Yeah, because I, I was comparing Legend of Zelda to to other games. Yeah. All right. 2018 was the God of War reboot. Let's start with Gradle. This one's a tough one. Um, yes. I feel like it's going to be like a 94, man, but... Alright, we'll find out. Yes. I'm going yes. Yes. Okay. No. 95. Round it up to Ooh. 10. Woo! Damn it. <laughs> are we keeping score? Uh, yeah. I'm not doing I like have like zero out of three. three out you of guys three. are tied and I'm two behind. Uh-huh. Alright. GB. 2019 was Sekiro, Shadows Die Twice. Let's start with Gradle. I have no idea what this game is, so no. Yeah. No. Okay. Yes. It was a 90. Fuck. That's like Paul's <laughs> favorite game. How many times have you played through Sekiro? I've played through it four or five times. It is one of my favorite games ever. It's a 10 for me. So, I'm going to give Jay a point, and you guys don't feel like no, that's not how this works. We're tied still. All right. 2020, The Last of Us Part 2. Let's start with Jay. Yes. Great. Yes. Yeah. No. 93. Oh, All right, this one should be the easiest one. 2021, it takes two. Let's start with Gradle. No. Got No. Yeah. No. Yeah, 89. Which oh. one game of the year, which just shows you how strong of a lineup 2021 had. Yeah. Yeah. Congrats, John. Congrats, John. You, you know, I was just going to match your answer. Until the last one. one. Oh, no, yeah. that last one was matching your answer. No matter what? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> All right. That's so, a proper strategy. Yeah. Kind of surprised that John won, as he knows, probably like, he follows games the least. But he followed else. me. And I also follow Fantasy Critic. That's true. Think about that. So, good job, John. <laughs> the Last of Us, I, so I could see getting the shotgun and beer on the podcast. On the podcast. So the background on Eve's Finch, we mentioned this in the last episode when we talked about, I already forgot, uh, Return of the Old Man. It came out in 2017. It was nominated for the Best Independent Game at the Game Awards. And there was so many good games that came out in 2017 from independent studios. I think Cuphead won that year. That year was, like when we were talking about last episode, that year was unbelievable. There was so much stuff that came out. So this game came out... Probably released in 20. So it was PlayStation and Windows 
on April 25th, 2017, came to Xbox in, in uh, July of 2017, and then Switch in 2019, and I guess now it's on iOS as of August 2021, so you can play this one on your phone. What is this? This is what remains to be thing. You can play this on your phone? Yeah, so I actually played this over xCloud on my phone, just over the cloud. Huh. It was actually pretty enjoyable. I have to say, I was just at a hotel or playing over the cloud on hotel Wi-Fi. Didn't need, like, the most, like, knee-jerk, like, response latency to input, so it worked pretty well. What did you play on Gradle? I played on, uh, as per usual, my PlayStation. Do you play on a remote play a lot? No. Works pretty well for me. It does okay. It does okay depending on where you are yeah. in the house. What do you play on, John? PC. Jay? Xbox. Okay, so you and me are on the green team this time. <laughs> well, it seems like it would be a good Switch game. Yeah, I didn't. I, I just it was on Game Pass and I'm like, oh, I don't need to buy this. I'll just play it on my phone on the cloud. All right, so um, I'm going to talk a little bit about the premise of the game. It's, it's really a narrative-driven game. It's from the first-person perspective. Um, it's narrated by Edith Finch, and you're walking through the Finch family estate, and she's returning to her home where she grew up. And we learn a lot about this curse, the Finch family curse. And Edith is exploring like all these tragedies that have happened to members of her family because they're cursed to die tragically at a, uh, most of them at a young age. And you kind of go through the house as Edith, explore, and you find uh, like momentums. Like you go to characters' rooms and you learn about their death. And like for most of the deaths, there's like a, a mini game type game that happens. So I thought it'd be fun to explore that just like death by death. So I was just going to start with Molly because she's the first death. Okay. So with Molly, she was, um, what would she have been? He did, she would have been Edie's great sister, aunt. right? Great aunt. Yeah, her great aunt. So her dad, Odin, took the family from Europe to um, the U.S. Where is it in the U.S.? Do you remember? No, I don't remember. They came from Europe, and he thought... It's probably West Coast. Yeah. I think, yeah. It, I think it was the oh. East Coast, because they came from Europe. So he took their house. Yeah. I thought it was Seattle, but I don't know. Yeah. I can't remember where, but... This curse has been in their family for generations, and in order to try to escape it, he put their house on a barge and drug it across the ocean because that was going to fix it. Apparently. Yeah. And he took his wife and their children and one of his daughters was Edie, who is Edith, the main character we're playing as her grandma. And we get into the house and we go into Molly's room and Molly was 10 years old when she died and she was really hungry one night because her mom sent her to bed without dinner. So... The story transitions from like Ian's perspective to like Molly's perspective, and she changes into a cat and she jumps out the window to chase this bird. And it's like a, a she eats a toothpaste. 
Oh yeah, for that she eats the toothpaste. Yeah, it's toothpaste, and there are a couple of other things you can eat in the a room. Fake berry. Yeah, the fake berries. Yeah, not which a, that's what I thought was going to kill her. It, well, I thought like that's actually what killed her. Probably, and it's like the fantasy. That's kind of like the game. Like, yeah, what what it was. So she transforms into a cat, and you jump out the window, and you have like this platform challenge to get to this bird. And then at the end, when you catch the bird, do you fall out of the tree or? Yeah. But in reality, what happened is, like, yeah, she ate toothpaste and a bunch of other stuff she shouldn't have, and she died from that. But it was the monster under the bed that killed her. Right? Yeah, she turned into an owl, and then a shark, and then a sea monster. And a... Oh, and she comes back, and then yes, she's writing about it. That's when the monster under her bed gets her. Yeah. Yeah. But, like, most likely the explanation of what killed her is that she ate those fake berries, the toothpaste, gerbil food, and what really happened was she started to hallucinate from all that stuff, and that's what you see as, like, the player character. Or just being starved. Yeah. Died tragically, though. Mm-hmm. At 10 years old. I thought this, uh, this section... So, before this, you're just walking through the house. Um, you walk through the house as Edith to get to each person's room, and that's where you get into their specific um, minigame. Yep. Um, and this is the first one, so this is where, like... It's a linear game, I just want to say, because yeah. a lot of the doors are locked, so you have to start with Molly. Can I can I spoil first and ask a question if anyone did try the one secret key? I didn't. I, did I, I tried the music box, but I didn't keep twisting. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. to Same. get the key. I played it, but I didn't. But I feel like I feel like maybe you could if you had just kept turning. Maybe Yeah, I'm wondering. Yeah. I'm wondering if any of you did like before it was supposed to be done. That was only the second room, anyway, right? It was something like uh, second or third, something like that. But anyway, so. This was the first one where you actually get into, like, the gameplay of the minigames. And I was just impressed by how good the flashback felt. Flashback felt. How good the flashback felt um, when you're the cat, when you're the owl, uh, when you're the, the sea monster, you know? Uh, and how clean the transitions were between the different animals, like... You go into that, You at this point, you're just playing, you know, like a walking simulator, walking through the house, seeing, trying to understand the secrets, and then you get into this minigame where you're this owl, and you're you're just floating through the air, and you're going down, and you're catching rabbits to eat, and uh, it just felt really smooth, um, and it was, you know, I liked the change from just walking, clicking on different uh, items in the room to see, see the past, and then now you're an owl. It's like, whoa, what's happening right now? Yeah. I like the mix, too. And what I liked about, like, the dynamic was you're walking through the house, Edie is narrating, and she's giving you all the backgrounds on these characters, and then you play the flashback, and you get to experience it. So it's like the punch of story and then the punch of gameplay. Mm-hmm. I also, this is definitely a preference thing, but... The words, uh, the narration was both graphically on the screen yep. and read aloud. I love that. I prefer that. So I, I, enjoy, I like that so much compared to just, uh, well, you guys know I hate when it makes you read yourself. So I love when the words are up and then 
it's read out to you. And then I loved how you could walk through the words and you could interact with the words like they were actually there in there. Yeah. I thought that was a cool element as well. And they do a lot of the words uh, in the different uh, different flashbacks throughout the, throughout the game, too. So. Yeah, I thought that... I mean, a lot of the, the characters had, like, special moments throughout, but uh, Molly as the first room, I think, was, was a good introduction to that gameplay mechanic of here's what the rest of the game is going to be. It's going to be a story about this family and kind of figuring out what happened to each of them without straight up telling you. Because, yeah, there's a lot of ambiguity in this game that I, I found interesting, like... There's a few that I just have no idea what happened to them. Mm-hmm. You, Still. Know what's, you know what's interesting, too, is you brought up that what probably actually killed her isn't this curse. It's right. that she ate this stuff or that she starved to death or whatnot. <laughs> um, and that's interesting in that, you know, while playing the game, I didn't really think of that. I, like, have the question written down, like, is it actually a curse or is it not? Edith's questioning it during the, while you're playing. I'm questioning it. I'm like... I don't think it's cursed, but what if it actually just is? I don't know, you know? And I didn't really think as deeply into it as when I was going through each of these uh, sections, what what probably was the actual cause of death? Like, you know, like yeah, eating exactly. this bad stuff. So I'm interested when we go through each of these to get, you know, everyone's ideas on on what the actual cause actual. of death was as opposed to just chalking it up I don't think there were any explicitly stayed yeah. any of them it's just like that's just what internet speculation is it's like yeah but I don't I think anyone in the game is clear of like this was their cause of death I don't think a single well, character was if we go through and it's designed that way for sure but if we can go through and like come up with a theory plausible. a plausible theory on each one then you know that gives some more depth to the story than just saying they all died because of a curse, you know? Right. Well, the curse is just that they died tragically. Yeah. It's not like some supernatural thing necessarily. But if you just play the game at face value, Molly died because a tentacle monster actually entered her room and ate her. And she turned into a shark and ate her stuff, yeah. But, you know, thinking of it as she ate all the stuff and she's hallucinating and that ended up killing her. You know, I think it's a more... Yeah, were they fake berries or could they have been real berries as well? Yeah, what if they were actual berries, like yeah. some poisonous berry that made her hallucinate and yeah. Yeah. killed her? Like, and I don't know the answer because when I was playing, I didn't think through all this. But, you know, while we go through each one, I think it would be interesting to see if we can come up with something. Yeah, for the ones where there's like an internet theory, I have that. So I'll, I'll read that if I have it for that death. Yeah. For some of them, I think like it is like what you see is actually what happened. Yeah, mm-hmm. there's some of them. Yes, for sure. The guy who the kid who I mean, we can we'll get to it. Yeah, we'll get to yeah. it. But some of them are just are just out. They're just mm-hmm. you know what it is. But some of them are. Do you wanted to add about Molly J? What do you think of her as an opening? Um, I haven't played this game three times. It's the weakest one for me. Out of all, just. I don't have a lot of feelings about it. They definitely get more interesting as you go. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, after we leave Molly's room, uh, we unlock like this little tunnel to Calvin's room, and Edith kind of explains the origin that I talked about earlier about how Odin, her great great grandfather, 
moved the family over from Europe to Washington to try to escape this family curse. And don't you go through Walter's room to get to Molly's room? That was the first thing. That's the only room that was open, right? Was Walter's room? You go through the tunnels to get to yeah. Molly's room. Yeah. You go through. You go into Walter's room, and then you tunnel Which into has, like, the ocean room. painting on. Yeah, it, the ocean painting. The tunnel, and then get to Molly's room. But either way. Yeah, so then there you go to Kellen's room. Yes. Okay. Now that we've cleared that out. <laughs> so, the other thing, too, is, like, after each of these deaths, like, a family tree pops up, and there's, like, a leaf with a little portrait and the name of the person that you fill it out. So you can kind of see, like, oh, okay, there's seven more leaves. So, you know, you've got seven more family members to learn about. Mm-hmm. Um... Anyways, so back to Odin. So he's pulling his house, this giant house that he ran across the ocean, and there's a storm when they get to the coast of Washington, and Odin is drowned in the process, and only his daughter, Edie, Edith's grandmother, um, her husband Sven, and Molly survive, and then they begin building the new um, Finch Estate, and the old Finch Estate, like, sinks to the bottom of, like, the, the sea or whatever. It got so close, too. It was, like, right off the coast. They're right there, and then, oops, storm hits, Odin dies. And uh, they comment on how Odin is the first member of the new Finch Family Cemetery. So, we get to Calvin's room, and um, Calvin is what is Calvin? Calvin is he is son. He's her mom's brother, I think. Or is he your mom's uncle? I don't know. It's a big family tree. Wait, who? Calvin, Calvin. is Edie's first son, right? They're twins. Calvin and Walter, right? Yeah. No, not Calvin and Walter. Calvin and. Who's his name? Sam. Sam. Calvin and Sam. No. What's his name? Calvin and Sam. Yeah. I didn't really pay attention to the family tree. I just really, I just I, looked at it as, oh, this is another kid who died. Yeah, they were twins. Calvin and Sam. Yeah, so Calvin's flashback, it's told through his brother Sam's perspective, and Calvin always wanted to swing over the tree branch. So in his flashback, you're on the swing and you're pumping your legs. You're trying to go around. Yeah. Which I think is super relatable. Like, as a kid, I wanted to go over the top, too. Yeah. Do a full turn? Yeah. <laughs> Didn't know you would crack your spine or anything? Yeah. yeah. Well, you're, you only weigh, like, 50 pounds. You know how hard it is to hurt yourself when you only weigh 50 pounds? Sure. Kids are rubber, I hear. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they are. But what ends up happening is there's a strong gust of wind, and Calvin gets launched out into the, the sea and the rocks, and presumably... Um, dies on impact or drowns. Yeah. And it had a profound impact on his brother um, Sam. He's very emotionally touched by this. And he says at the end that like he's proud of Calvin because he drive he died trying to overcome his fears. Um, I don't know if there's a ton more to say about Calvin. No, this one's a little sad. It's just spelled out for you. Like I don't think there's any like, uh, it was cool that you could kick your legs and kick them independently. <laughs> yeah. It was fun. It was different. Mini game. I think the next death is uh, more interesting. So the next one is you, you get to uh, Barbara's room. And Barbara was 
uh, like a child star, and she was known for her scream because she would be in uh, movies or TV shows and she'd be chased and she would scream and she was famous for it. And um, she was kind of like a fading child star. People would like her story, like her flashback is told through its comic strip. She's a teenager now and her boyfriend is trying to help her get her signature scream back and he arranges this whole ruse where um, these monsters are going to show up at her house and he goes missing all to try to get her to scream. Alright, so a quick recap because we took a break. So Barbara's a teenager now. She's lost her signature scream. Her boyfriend, Rick, runs this scheme to try to scare her and get her to scream back in her old form. So it's kind of the mini game here. It's like a survival. It's like a horror game. You're walking through the house. It's kind of eerie. There's this report about this hook-handed serial killer who's on the loose near the Finch family home. So I think they do a good job. It kind of reminded me of, um, gosh, what's that game? Outlast, where you're walking through, going super slow with the camera, and you slowly open the door to make sure nothing is there, and then you just kind of stop. If it was dark, I would have never gotten through the section. Yeah, so that's what I wanted. I'm like, man, what if they had cut the power and it was dark and you had to have like a flashlight that you shine? But not too scary, but I think they did a good job with the horror. What I thought was cool is they switched up the means of storytelling, right? So mm-hmm. now it's through the comic book panels. Yeah. It reminded me of that Fooly Cooly. Uh, oh, yeah. Scene where they tell it through a comic book. But it, I think it's really cool. It'll go to a different panel. All of a sudden, you have control, and you're walking around in that panel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, again, I, I think the voice acting here was was really good. The, the pumpkin head guy who was telling the story. Uh, I, I think this is one of the strongest deaths in the game. Yeah, I agree. Yep. This is one. It's not my favorite top three. Yeah, like going to the basement. Yeah. With uh, achievement w- for knocking all the pool balls off the pool table. Oh, I didn't know that was oh, an achievement. I saw. I didn't that. even I look at the list, and I'm like, what? How would you know how to do that? Yeah. I thought it was cool. Like they didn't really change the gameplay up because you're still just walking, walk, just walking through a house. But they added. They, they changed up the art style so much that it's like completely fresh. It was completely self shaded. Yeah. Yeah. So you get down to the basement, you open the door, and it's Rick, because Rick tried to scare you. So Barbara, angry, kicks Rick out. Wasn't he hiding in like in the, the fridge? fridge? Yeah. That yeah. Okay. And it was we'll in the basement that you you're not allowed to go in. Yeah. Well, that's how you figure out how to get to the basement. It's yes. Too, you figure out that oh, you she knows you turn that yeah, to the, get the key, key is in the music box, but she's not supposed to know. No one's ever been in the basement except uh, Stan. Edie. 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 Yeah. Stan. So Rick leaves, Barbara goes back upstairs, um, and like Walter, her little brother, is kind of freaked out by all of this. Yeah, he's hiding under the bed, right? Yeah, he's hiding under his bed. Well, she goes to like check on Walter, and like it's implied that like, oh, now there's there's somebody else in the house. And, like, Rick's gone, so it's, like, it's the hook-handed killer. And she can't, she's looking for Walter, because, like, I remember, like, 
there was a thing where she was like gonna leave and she was like no she can't leave Walter though she's gotta make sure he's okay so you go into Walter's room he's not there you're walking around and then you crawl into Molly Molly's room to get away yeah but then you go down to like the foyer and it's like there's all these people all of her like fans from her horn she pushes the guy with the hook hand off the balcony Mm mm-hmm Mm-hmm. And then she yeah. goes down. Yeah, she, so she's in Walter's room to check on him. And then Hook Hand comes to the door of Walter's room and is banging on it. So she sneaks into oh, Molly's room. Yes, that's right. And then hits him from behind, pushes him off the balcony. And then everybody is like applauding her. Yeah. Because she's in the, she does a scream. And it's like her signature scream, right? Right. And then um, she dies, like, with all her fans her. murder her. The narrator is, the, is like. It's like, like all of her fans are actually the monsters. Yeah, they're like good job, and then it's implied that they they kill her. So and, and eat her. So for this death, it's not clear how she actually died. She gave the performance of her lifetime. Yeah, and you're right. The pumpkin head guy narrating, so good, so eerie. His voice and his narration. Mm-hmm. Do you guys have any theories about how she actually died? Killed by the serial killer. Well, they said that um, her and her boyfriend went missing, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah. Did they find the boyfriend's body? I thought they said they did in the river or something like that. No. No? I don't think so. So, so maybe the boyfriend killed her. I think her. it's implied that the boyfriend killed her and ran away, or they ran away together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But They said that the police had Rick as the prime suspect. Yeah. But oh, they, okay. I thought they had found him dead, I thought they said. Or, I don't remember that, but I, don't I think this one they left it technically vague. So they know. left a lot of it. Yeah, so I don't know. Rick killed her. But Walter was petrified. Oh yeah, this so. had a profound impact on Walter. Mm-hmm. So I would say, like, because of like that... I, well, the story that was told is that she was killed by monsters, right? Yeah. Yes, that's in the comics. And Walter, hiding under the bed when she was killed... Uh, as a child is hearing the story that she was killed by monsters. So she, he now has this profound fear of monsters. There's another Whether, theory too that like a gang broke into their house and like the, abducted her and killed her and maybe Rick. So I mean maybe that's that could be like why Walter's so afraid like there really was like a home invasion. Yeah. But again it's like another uh, another area where, you know, the way it was told is, you know, killed by a monster, killed killed by uh, sea creatures, killed by, uh, by this group of monsters now. Yeah. So, like, the way the Finch deaths are told is it's always, like, you know, this curse, these paranormal things happening, when in reality, or maybe not, I don't know, but the other way you can look at it is, you know, that's just how the stories are told, but there's actually an explanation to it, whether it be Rick killed her or something else. Yeah. Something grizzly. Mm-hmm. Any comments on Molly? I think it picks up really well, because we go to what happened to Walter next. Mm-hmm. So we, now we know, if we keep turning the music box, a key pops out, and we're able to go downstairs. And when we go downstairs, um... We find Walter's bunker. So Walter is traumatized by the events that led to Barbara's disappearance, and he's kind of built his bunker in the basement. And he kind of locks himself away from everybody else, and he's down there for a long time. Because I think Edith said she was six 
when Walter died. So he was down there for 30 years. Yeah. Yeah, it goes to him just eating peaches, peaches every day. Every day. Same day. Over and over. And over. <laughs> At 12.45. He hears this noise, which is the train, but he thinks it's monsters outside. Yeah. And so he's afraid to ever leave. Yeah, and then through the writing in his bunker, you kind of, like he kind of explains that like he finally gets over his fear. He's ready to go out into the world. So you go down through these tunnels because he doesn't hear the the train for like a few days, a week, yeah, or something a week, like that. Yeah. yeah. So he goes down through the tunnels and he walks through like this. He gets down eventually to like a train tunnel and he walks out. Through the end of the tunnel, and it's really inspiring. He's like, oh, I'm going to live my life to the fullest from here on out. I don't know how long I have left, but I'm going to live it up. You emerge. You see the woods, and then you hear the train. And then splat. He gets run over by the train. Yeah. <laughs> so it was almost like a continuation of the like the Barbara story, I guess. I, I liked it. I thought it was well done. Yeah. Kind of putting it all together. I don't think it's a very deep one, though. It was a quick one. It was another quick one, like uh, Calvin. Yeah, he's like listening to Vietnam in the seventies, like under this bunker thing. Yeah. And like, he's living his life, just doing the same thing every day, eating peaches at twelve. Yeah, peaches from a can. You mm-hmm. like, isn't that it? You like take the can opener and you open it every day. It's kind of sad. He finally goes out of the world and succumbs to the curse. I do think it's interesting, again, though, you can tie it back to monsters. He's afraid of the monsters from Barbara's story. He thinks there's monsters banging on his door every day. And then the monster that he's been hiding from, which is just a train, or hiding from, which is just a train, ends up actually getting him in the end. So that's interesting. Yeah. So... The next family member we learn about is Sam, who is, um, Sam is Edith's grandfather, Dawn is her mom. Mm-hmm. They go out into the woods, because he's going to teach her how to hunt and how to, like, take care of herself. This is my second favorite. Yeah, this one's good. This one has, like, the pictures, and you yeah. interact with, like, you're taking pictures as, uh, Dawn. Uh, Edith. No, it's Don. Oh, it's Edith's Edith's mom. mom. That's right. And they kind of tell the story through these pictures and these scenes with Sam. And they're, like, tracking this deer. And Edith shoots, and they track the deer. And Sam's like, oh, I'm going to climb up. Let's go get a picture. He sets up the camera and puts it on a timer. What what scares him? What's oh no the deer? No, the deer, deer wasn't dead. The deer and wasn't it knocks dead. him off. So he's like trying to grab it to hold it up, and yeah. then the deer moves, and he falls again off of a cliff to his death. And it's it's really sad, really tragic. Yeah, it catches the picture like mid fall. He's like yeah, falling to his death, and you can see Dawn because he was standing up there with him, and like this curse, like this is really traumatized Edith's mom, and it kind of makes sense why. She sealed up the whole house now because she doesn't mm-hmm. want the ki- her children being exposed to any of this stuff. Right. And it has a, a profound impact on Dawn. It seems like there's a pattern. Like, these deaths all really impact the other members of the family and kind of inadvertently lead to their deaths. So mm-hmm. it's kind of like back to what you were saying. Is it like, is it a curse 
or is it just the the curse like makes them act and so it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy right Mm -hmm. the curse makes them act this way and that leads to the deaths yeah said this was one of your favorites jay yeah it's just the way it was with the camera it, it felt like you know you're actually documenting a trip with your dad right, right? it really this one actually like made me feel something with some of the other ones i was just like huh you know yeah if you guys are ever out hunting and you shoot a deer give it some time to die <laughs> yeah or and when you, and when you walk up on it you're poke supposed to poke it with your gun make sure it doesn't jump around because yeah it was pretty dumb there's some mistakes there <laughs> mistakes were made yeah. yeah but yeah i liked it i like it it was like cozy vibes up until it wasn't it was yeah you're just in this like fun simple picture taking it game. was a uh juxtaposition because most of them have been like pretty dark you know windy stormy mm-hmm. and yeah. then th- here it is all nice and then tragedy hits so. yeah this one kind of took me by surprise too when he died because it really kind of like we i guess we knew he was gonna die but it was cozy it kind of pulled me out of like okay, yeah so that's nice, gonna like, happen and father daughter bonding trip right and it's like yeah it's different from the others and then Especially because Sam, like, disregarded the curse for so long, right? He he didn't care. He lived his life to the fullest. He went to war. Yep. He was a hunter and, and did all sorts of, like, outdoors activities for, like, the longest time until Is, this moment. But I would argue that Sam didn't even die from the curse. Like, That's what I was Edie, saying. or who was the daughter? Dawn. 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 Would, Dawn took it as the curse, but... Yeah. Sam just died from, you know, careless mistake. Yeah. Like, yeah, trash mistake. Yeah, but is Sam's room up outside? Do we have to climb? No, Sam's room was the divider with Calvin. Yeah. It's one of Calvin. So it was the war, the war uh, frontiermen in the space. I know that was his room, but you don't find the pictures until you climb up, right? And... No, you find him in his room, I thought. No, maybe not. Maybe you're right. I think you do have to climb up. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. So you're climbing around this crazy house as a pregnant woman? Yeah. Oh, it was Dawn's room. It was Dawn's story, right? No, Dawn is later. It no, but was where did room, you... Though. It was Dawn's in Dawn's room, room yeah. where you find yeah, yeah, Sam's yeah. stuff. Yep. The of pictures. the trip. Yeah. Of the trip. And then Sam had, uh, so Sam was Don's dad, and then Don had two brothers, Gregory and Gus. Gus. So we learned what happened to Gregory next. Um, he was the youngest. He died when he was a baby. Mm-hmm. So you find, uh, like, a letter from Sam to his wife. It's, like, next to, like, some d- divorce papers, and he's yeah. talking about, like, Gregory and how he like saw like oh Gregory was just so full of life yeah, and saw the world wasn't your fault yeah so I liked Gregory's death like his flashback a lot so he's just like a baby getting a bath and his mom has like left him unattended in the bathtub and there's all these rubber ducks and toys in the tub that you're like playing with and 
you're like making them move and stuff. It's like so Gregory has like some kind of like special powers almost is what it implies. Mm-hmm. And it's just his imagination. Yeah. yeah. But there's like you're like underwater as Gregory and you're kind of like a, a sea monster. Like I'm looking at a, a picture of it and it's got like green hands and there's a bunch of seaweed and algae. It's really pretty. Um, and he's just uh, alone in the tub controlling his rubber frog and you can make it leap and jump around the tub to knock things into the tub and um, you pull out the drain and you like get sucked down the drain as Gregory and that's kind of how like the game tells you Gregory died but no it's the the drain went in his head got stuck in the drain and he drowned him oh I thought the drain you swim into the drain well, that's like probably how he actually oh. died, right? His head got stuck, but like, or he's just left unattended in a bathtub. And yeah, I thought that the fall. Fa- I thought you turned the faucet back on. Yeah, you do. You do. Okay, and so yeah, you get like you go down to the drain. Oh yeah, before you pull the drain, he died before he pulled pulled the drain. That was the whole thing. Is like he drowned in the bathtub because he turned it on, and then you pull the drain and get sucked down, but he didn't pull the drain. That it just well, she go. His mom goes to empty the tub, and then there's like a phone. The phone rings, and he turns the faucet back on. Exactly, he drowned in the bathtub. Yeah, but and then you pull the drain, but he didn't pull the drain as a one year old. Well, That's the whole thing. He could have, but he, he wouldn't have died then. Well, he could have gotten stuck. His head yeah. gets stuck against it, and the tub the water's running, so the tub fills up. He's Kids die like that all the time in pools. They get stuck to the suction, and yeah, can't mm. get out. That's why pools are more dangerous than guns. Yeah, to have around kids. So I thought it was that he died when the tub I mean, filled up. It's open to interpretation. Right, it can be either way, but I don't think it's specifically tells you which way. He drowned in the bathtub. He drowned in the bathtub. Yeah. We know that one. <laughs> How, the oh, bathtub, sorry, sorry. The, the specifics? Let's argue. <laughs> it was it was a, this was a shorter uh, scene, but I liked yeah. it. it was just I liked cool, it, too. Pretty fun to play with the frog. Really and, like, it's impactful. Yeah. It bubbles. I think I got an achievement for knocking all the letters yeah, off the do. wall. Mm-hmm. Played with everything. Get, yeah. There's, like, three different levels you can... Use the whale to jump up really high and hit it again. Jump higher and hit the the shampoo. Yeah. So after Gregory's death, this is when we go outside, right? I'm pretty sure we go outside because we walk through the family graveyard <laughs> and we and get to we go to the top of the house. Yeah. Well, we're outside. I thought with Gus, he's next. He's uh, Don's other brother. Yes. We're outside and we learn about how he died and. He was at, they were at a Greg's funeral, and Gus is like flying the kite, and that's where that like mini game happens. Was it a yeah. funeral or was it a wedding? No, no, it was a wedding. It was a you're right. celebration of some kind. No, you're right. I'm like, they're really happy for a funeral. <laughs> you're right. It was his, it was Sam's uh, wedding because he was getting uh, remarried, I think. Yeah, and the kid wasn't happy about it, so he's just flying this kite. And then get sucked into a storm. Yeah, but I like this mini game a lot. Yeah. It's flying and kite around, and you get a you can like knock stuff loose, and then it like follows your kite. So you just have this trail of all the shit that you're just flying around, and you can knock away like the tent where the wedding happened. And no, the tent stays until the very end. 
Well, yeah, there's like a gust of wind that like presumably pulls the kite and uh, Gus in like out into. Well, the I thought ground. it blew the tent and wrapped him up. Yeah, and blew then, the tent into him. Yeah, it blew the tent up into him and he got wrapped up and went into the ocean and drowned. That's what. It's a common theme: falling into the ocean and dying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's That's almost funny. like the house falling into the ocean or something. That's yes. why oceans are more dangerous to have your own kids than guns. Oceans are more dangerous than guns. <laughs> Nobody was killed in this game by a gun. Uh, <laughs> was somebody? No, Sam died from the deer. That was a deer. Guns don't kill people, deer do. Deer do. Deer do. <laughs> That's right. Guns don't kill people, deer do. Yeah. So everybody else was like safe and sheltered, but he was outside because he was pissed off about this wedding and the tent swept him away. Yeah. Disclaimer: Don't have guns around your kids. Still though, <laughs> just kind of feel like that's like a good yeah, one to throw in there. Like, yeah. Lock them up in a safe. Should be obvious. So you should say it. But if you lock them in a safe, then how are they there for protection? You should also lock up your pools in a safe. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's why they're more dangerous. You can't lock a pool up in a safe. (laughs) We had an elephant tarp on our pool. Could support an elephant. With Gus, we learned that Dawn was really close to Gus. That was the advertisement. Stretched way down. What was that, Paul? Dawn says that if she had been a or Don, Edith says that if she had been born a boy, her mom would she would have named her Gus. Mm-hmm. She'd be very close to her brother. So after this point, we walk back up to the house, and then we start to climb up into the additions that they've put on the house, where it's like kind of like rickety construction because they had to start expanding the house with all the family members, mm-hmm. and we learn about Edith's brother, Don's son, Milton. And yeah, I thought Edith had two older brothers, right? Yep. Milton so and the other one is Lewis. Lewis. So Milton's is really... <laughs> so the third brother. <laughs> really ambiguous uh, what happens to him. Yeah. So this he, is the one I wanted to talk about. I like this one a lot. You go into his room, and he's like this artsy kind of kid. And he has all these canvases in his room. And it's really like an art studio, and you can see all of these pieces that he's created, and it's a lot of like black and white pieces. And like Milton said that he had like a he was given like a magic paintbrush, and in the flashback with him, like well, it's a it's an illustrated flipbook, right? Yes. You, it's not really a flashback. You just are yeah, flipping, you're flipping through, and it's it's. Cool, it's cartoonized him painting. Right. Yep, and he's given a, a magic paintbrush and he creates a, a magic door to go through one of his paintings. He steps inside and he's never seen again. But if you remember, like, as you're crawling through the secret tunnels throughout, like, it was like Milton was here. So, like, he was obviously, like, an explorative kid. So, like, my, my theory is he's stuck in the wall somewhere, like, in that house. Hmm. Is my theory, at least. Yeah, and I remember that there's like a narrative piece where Edith says that her mom really never gave up hope that Milton was still alive. Right. I think he got stuck in like a wall in the house or something. Because, like, yeah, especially like the 
just the symbolism of his story saying it was an invisible door that he never came out of. Yeah. Like, and saying Milton was here in several... Spots throughout the house. Yeah, yeah, several corridors. Like, he was a very, like, explorative kid. And so I think he got stuck in a wall like a cat. What a bad way to go. Right? Yeah. I don't know if I think that could be... Because wouldn't you... You'd smell something. It's a big house. It could have been somewhere. Maybe it was really well aerated. Yeah, something. Mm-hmm. But... This one is totally up to interpretation. Oh, yeah. He just simply disappeared one day. Mm-hmm. We, I have no idea. Maybe he did get stuck in the wall. Maybe I thought the- of it as, like, you know, he's making art because, you know, I feel like he didn't feel like he was understood. And I, the, my reading of it was he committed suicide, like, jumped in, off a cliff into the ocean and nobody saw him again. Yeah, mm. you know he he painted and painted and the way he found of expanding his artistic you know growth yeah. was to just disappear. Mm. All right, this next one I really want to talk about the mini games. So the next gap is Lewis, Don's other brother. This is my favorite one. Yeah, this is so, this is the best one. Yeah, so Lewis. Uh, He's kind of like a troubled young man. He has some issues, and I think he sees like a therapist, and he's on some like some kind of antidepressant medication. Mm-hmm. He works at a fish cannery, yep. and his job is really monotonous. He takes a fish, moves its head to the like copper the fish chops, yeah, and then he just tosses the fish, and you're just doing that. You take the fish, move it to the end, chop. And while he's doing this, he's imagining like this. Um, I gotta do it the entire time. This like story where he's like the main character, and as you're doing this, like at first it's like pretty simple. It's just like a stick figure walking through, and it gets progressively like grander and grander to the point where he's a king, and you see like this really detailed world, and he's moving through it. And this whole time you have to keep like chopping fish, and you can kind of see like, oh, he's spacing out. This is kind of I know, I'm just waiting harder. for him to like chop his yeah, hand yeah, yeah. off. Like, yeah, but it it's getting harder and harder to keep moving the fish and I'm worrying like, oh shit, am I gonna chop well, my you're, hand? You're controlling him walking while you're doing the fish thing. Yeah. yeah. And it just becomes more and more detailed and this, it's his fantasy world that he escapes to while he's working. Yeah. Right. And the, he starts to believe that his imagination can you stop? <laughs> he said I was gonna do it the entire time. His, his imagination uh, land to him becomes more important than his actual life. It becomes more yeah. uh, real to him than Lewis, guy who chops fish. And smokes a lot. It's more... It, he chooses to believe he's actually a king. Right? He's an adventurer in this world. He saves a princess. He becomes king. He builds cities. There's like a boat, I think, where you're controlling the boat while you're chopping the fish. You're yep. writing your story. You're choosing your path. And then at the end, he bends down so they can crown him king, and the guillotine hits his head and kills him. Mm-hmm. Well, at the end of that, like you leave the cannery and you're in in that world first person. Yes. Mm-hmm. And you know, it, and you for, can see like the the guillotine at the top of the throne too. Yeah. For 
you know, this one really hit close to home. I'm sure for me and for you guys who are engineers who hate our jobs, right? It's like uh, a guy coming to grips with the fact that this is his life, you know, and he chooses to deny that I'm not just a guy who works at Cannery, you know? I'm not just a guy who does engineering shit. For, that's my whole life, right? And, yeah. And he, he wants something more, and he goes too deep into this illusion, and, and he thinks, you know, if he ends his life in the Cannery, then his whole life will be... Will begin. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I loved how, throughout the sequence... It starts off as just a small box in the corner, like with transparent edges, and it eventually takes up like most of your screen while you're still doing the chopping. And legitimately, while you're still doing the chopping, you're looking at this box, you're controlling it, and most of your focus is on this box, and it legitimately makes you feel like you're daydreaming. Like the thing you're doing in the game is chopping fish, but also the thing that your mind on is on is this, and you're like in his shoes, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah, this one's really relatable. Like, no, and and I think it's it's like every job too, and I think that the way they set up this character is just like so good. Like he's a high school dropout with like you go into his room and there's a bunch of drug paraphernalia and like posters and stuff, and it's like oh, okay, this guy's a deadbeat, and then it's like okay, well he found his life at the fish cannery. And he would work over hours. No one else would do it. He would do shifts and shifts and shifts. Like, it really looked like he was turning his life around. Ideal. You know? There's, like, letters from his therapist, too, where they talk about, like, oh, he's doing great. He has a job. He has a job. He's doing well. He's doing well. But then it's he gets too into the... The fantasy, like daydreaming while he's working. and I think it's something and, we can all relate to. Is yeah. like, my life can't just be just this. I, I must be made for something more. I must be a podcast superstar, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah you know, totally every, it's, it's all relatable. Everybody thinks, you know, I, I can't just be chopping fish the rest of my life. Yeah, there's just foreshadowing too the whole time. Like you know, there's going to be an accident at the the cannon mm-hmm. at some point while all this is going on. Cause it gets harder and harder. Well, and the fact of the like the instant I saw that camera, I'm like, this is a safety hazard waiting to happen. There's no guard on this guillotine. Like you go a little too far, your fucking fingers coming off. Like, yeah. <laughs> it, it was designed to be like it, it had me on the edge of my seat the entire time. Yep. It was designed that way. It was a like, long flashback, too. Oh, yeah. This like, yeah. you were in this one for a while, just waiting. Just waiting. I'm like, gonna, I'm like, he's going to chop his hand building, off. It's, it's going to happen. It's building, and when is this going to happen? Yeah. But, yeah, I think that that was probably the most profound one and, and relatable one to everyone. It's that one, everyone. and then the picture one, and then the, the comic book for top three. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. R.I.P. Lewis. Yeah. All right. So now we've we've seen most of the family. We've filled out most of the family tree by this point. It's just Edie, Edith's grandmother, and Dawn who are like left at this point. Mm-hmm. And um, we climb all the way up at this point to Dawn's room, I think. Yeah. And we see this flashback of. 
Edie's last night, not Edie, Edith's last night in the house. Yeah. And Dawn and Edie are arguing over dinner because Dawn thinks they need to leave the house because, like, the house is cursed and they need to get away from it. But Edie, Edith's grandma, refuses. Like, she's not going to leave the house. And, um... Edie's grandma says, why don't you go somewhere else? I have a, there's a gift for you that I have. So you walk away and you can hear Dawn and Edie arguing. And you have a key, right, to Edie's room? Yeah, to the observatory. Uh, the library, right? You find a letter from Edie to Edith where it talks about this night where um, the tide was really low. And she could see the old house from the beginning that had sunk into the ocean mm-hmm. when Odin brought the family there. And she's like, this was the last time. It was the night Edie, Edith was born. On the night Edie was, Edith was born, Edie could see the old house. And she walks down there. And it's like, there's this, it's really foggy. And you're trying to find, you can see it from the shore. But when you walk down to like the exposed ocean, it's really foggy. And you're trying to find the old house. And I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but when you get there, the cutscene ends because Dawn comes into the room and is like, oh, get out of here. We need to go. And they get in the van and she's like, I'm going to send a van for you in the morning, Grandma, but we're getting out of here. Take you to old folks home. Yeah. And then when the next morning, Edith says that Edie died that night. Yeah. And when... When you go back to the house in the very beginning, one of the things I noticed was, like, if you go to the dining room table, you see the, the Chinese food still there. Mm-hmm. And you yep. see the kid, the, like, baby plate and everything. Yeah, I think it's it's hinted that uh, Edie killed herself that night, right? It's left up to interpretation, but it seems like, yeah, leave the house. she's not going, going to leave the house, yeah. yeah. Man, but I'll say, like, when you got to the old house, I was so bummed that you didn't get to go inside and have, like, some profound revelation. And it's not really, like, a critique, because, like, the scope of the game, right, they don't have time to explore all of that. But, man, I really wish they had been able to add, like, another chapter where there's some kind of revelation in the old house about, like, you learn more about the curse, maybe. Mm -hmm. I feel like going through each of the deaths... So we kind of learn there is no curse. So what revelation is there to learn? And maybe that's the point. Maybe that's why they didn't go into it. Maybe there was no revelation so. to have. But I just think it would have been really cool if they had been able to have some kind of cool scene or flashback in the old house. Maybe to like one of the family members who died in Europe before Odin took the house. Sure. But I kind of love how everything's open. There are no, like, closed... Yeah. yeah. There's there's no nothing that's a closed ending where you... Except for Gregory, as we've discussed. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it's, it's... And they do this often in movies, but very rarely in games, where they leave it open to where it affects you after you're done playing it, right? Mm-hmm. You're thinking about... Oh, maybe that guy was stuck in the walls. Maybe that guy jumped off a cliff because they leave it open to interpretation. Go ahead and finish your thought, Jay. Um, yeah, I was just saying that it's very it's underused in games where 
they leave it open to interpretation. Most games, like, you can play it start to finish and never think about it again, but in this one, it's one where it affects you emotionally and it leaves it open to interpretation, so you could lie in bed at night and be thinking about a hundred different things with this game. So. Mm -hmm. It's so hard to do well, too. Yeah. And this game did it extremely well. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of movies, like, obviously, like you said, there's a lot more movies that do it than video games, but there's a lot of movies that do it, and you're like, well, I wish they would have just said... Yeah, I feel cheated. Yeah, right? like, there was no point in them leaving it open. Like, why didn't they just say what happened? Because now that I'm just annoyed. But, like, this, I feel like, did it extremely well, you know? Um, because at the end of the day, they're dead, and the family believes in a curse is the point of... Uh, of is, is a big part of the story. Exactly how they died, and leaving that up to interpretation is just you know a cool way of allowing you to keep thinking about the game even after you play it so yeah it adds to the mystery yeah yeah all right so we have like a, a time skip in the story at this point edith talks about how i can't remember she was like 13 when she left the house and she says that a few years passed they moved out um dawn got sick uh, it's implied that it, it's cancer or some other kind of terminal yeah. illness and she dies and Edith is the only surviving member of her family her brothers, her uncles, her grandma they're, they've all passed away and the, the in-laws leave right because her dad had died before her them dad too. had passed away and, yeah. and so has every in-law right so she's she's got no family, living family left and um Edith realizes that she's pregnant and um how does the what happens she finds out you you're inside pregnant. her womb and swimming out yeah yeah and um this is like where the twist comes in is there anything to talk about before the twist well she there's a quote in here that I have that she, Edith says, like, maybe we believe so much in the family curse that we made it real. And I think that's what, we, what we've been talking about this whole time. Right. Like, is there a curse, or is this just, like, a self-fulfilling prophecy? Yeah. Dawn I mean, kind of tried, like, she talks about how Dawn, her mom, tried to kind of hide the family history from her, but Edith wants her child to know about her family, to know the stories of all these people. So she writes it all down, and these quotes that we've been seeing everywhere, this is her journal that she left for her child. Yeah, because mm -hmm. she died in childbirth is what's... Right. You're playing as a child, swimming out of the womb, and then you find yeah. out that this has all been in a notebook and from your mother who died in childbirth. Yeah, yeah and then your, her Edith's son is all that remains of Edith Finch. What remains of oh, Finch. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> that in the journal. Yep. Yeah. Um, I have a quote written down that I really liked from the game. I don't want you to be sad that I'm got out, gone. I want you to be amazed that any of us are even here at all. You know, I thought that was a good way to wrap up the game and just kind of the vibe it's trying to get across. Yeah. Is, uh, Treat everything and everyone as precious because 
any number of ways that can be done. I thought that like I appreciate what you, what I interpreted like all of this as is you were we were never playing as Edith Finch. Edith wasn't the one going through the house. This was Edith's son years later going through with his mom's journal, kinda reliving all of these flashbacks. No, because she's she said like and this is and I'm climbing I'm not this sure as I understand. I'm, I, yeah, I don't. I'm climbing this at at nine months pregnant is like something yeah. I remember. She was her, writing the journal six months pregnant or something like that. Yeah, yeah, it's just the very beginning and very end where you yeah. are the sun, which at the very beginning, just a little off topic. But when you're walking into the state for the first time, there's a path that leads off to the left that yeah. I went down. For I did both, and I got a trophy. Around. Yeah, what's to the left? I went down it for like a little ways. I'm it like, just ah, it re goes the same way. Oh, it just yeah. converges in the same point, and I actually went all the way down, and then all the way back, and then all the way back, and it gave me a trophy. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. Because I, I, I wanted to hear all the dialogue of that, but yeah, it was just like a woods that they used to play in and, and stuff. Gotcha. Yeah, so at the end of the game, I, I hope that Edith's son like, knows all of this, and maybe it breaks the curse, because it was never real in the first place, and... It's not something to hide from, and you know I'm hopeful that this last member of the Finch family doesn't succumb to this curse, and you know there are going to be more Finches in the future, and they can have a a family that isn't subject to such tragic ends that we learned about throughout the game. Yeah. But overall, I thought it was a it's a beautiful story, and did you? I mean, Jay. So this was your third time playing through it. You feel differently about it the third time than you did the first time. Yeah, I definitely cooled on it when I first played it. I was like, "This is amazing," and I told everybody to play it. Nobody listened to me <laughs> until now. And then uh, the second time I played it, uh, one of our friends had just gone through a breakup and came over, and it it was a good game to play through uh, with in that setting. Uh, and it's just a short two-hour game. So, yeah. did it did that in Firewatch in the same night, uh, and then this third time I played through it. I actually didn't play. I watched my fiance Emily play through it, um, so I got to see it a third time as she's discovering it all, you know, and she's doing things wrong and and like she couldn't get the frog to jump up high enough. She failed on that so many times. <laughs> I was getting frustrated. I was like, just. Just <laughs> hand it to me. I'll do it. <laughs> um, but yeah, I I do think it's a it's a it's a good game. It's accessible. Anybody can pick it up and except your fans experience apparently. it. Yeah, except for Emily. <laughs> uh, but she 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 did fine. She could have done it probably eventually. It's just I don't have patience. Um, but. <clears throat> Yeah, I, I think I was really hot on it on my first playthrough and after playing through it. And also you got to think about the framework of time, right? Like, I have so much more to compare it to now because a lot of walking sims and other games yeah. have come out since I've played through that I can compare directly to. You know, back then there was only a handful of these type of games, right? Yeah. That were mainstream, at least. So, um, yeah. We're, are you asking for a score right now? Or? Uh, I think if there's any closing remarks, 
I think it's about the same, right? Yeah. Let's let's do scores. Let's start with John. So yeah, um, this game surprised me. Um, only other walking sim I had ever played is Tacoma, which, as I've discussed on an earlier episode, I really didn't enjoy very much. Um, and because of that, I thought the walking sim uh, genre was one that I wouldn't enjoy. Um, got into this game, and just uh, the atmosphere, the changing up of uh, of gameplay and the mini games, um, how thought provoking it was, and uh, you know how how like almost emo- like emotional it was. I really enjoyed this game more than I would have ever expected to. Uh, going into it, like like Paul said, I mean same same boat as Paul. Uh, Jay recommended a set of like ten games for me to play a couple years ago. I've played through none of them. I bought them all. Haven't played through a single one. This was one on the list. This was one that he like specifically recommended at that time, and I, I, I to me it just like looking at it looked a little eerie. Looked like something that I wouldn't enjoy. It looked like something I didn't really want to play. So trying to get myself to start this game I didn't think like it was going to be something that I enjoyed but ended up playing through it in one sitting which is it's a short game but very Mm -hmm. atypical for me um and it's probably got to be one of my favorite games I've ever played for me it's a 10 out of 10 um correct me is this the same studio that did Gone Home no, no, no. This is okay. Raven Software. Okay. Um, so yeah, I think I think the game is visually beautiful. I I really enjoyed just being able to walk around the environment and and the fact that it's encapsulated in this single family home that's a multi-family home, um, and and the fact that you just go through and discover things throughout the entire time. Uh, The direction of it was phenomenal. Every single story was open to interpretation based on the environment that you're in. Um, So I think that overall, I I never had like a dull moment in the game where I was like, oh, like I'm getting a little bored because I feel like they transitioned very well into area to area and and each of those transitions has little, little things where you're like, oh, Walter was here, and or uh, no. whoever, Milton was here, and like things like that, where it's like, okay, I'm going from this person's room to this person's room, but it feels, feels like it's natural. Distance. Yeah, it feels natural to do that. Um, so yeah, I think I think from that perspective of just a, a storytelling narrative of, of an explorative journey I, I give it a I, I don't like giving 10 out of 10 so I give it a 9 out of 10 gotcha. 9 9.2 so uh, like I said <laughs> I've definitely cooled on it after multiple playthroughs if you would have asked me at the first time I played it I probably would have scored it way higher because it was all new and fresh you know especially mm-hmm. at that time you know I'm in college playing this in my loft, right? 
Um, now you're old and jaded. Yeah, now I'm old and jaded. <laughs> uh, I do like what they did with environmental storytelling, too. You could kind of tell somebody's personality just by looking at what's in their room. Right. Yeah. What's on the walls? What's What do they have in there? What's important to them, right? And they did a really good job with that. Um, each of the stories switches up the gameplay, and it all functions perfectly, which I think they get a lot of credit for. Um, you don't have a specific one where it controls like garbage and you don't want to do it like they all control fine even playing through it so many times uh, it's hard to point to a bug or an issue like that so for me um, I like it I think it's impactful I think it's exemplary in the genre and uh, it's just some of the stories I don't think were as strong. Like the Molly one, um, some of them were kind of boring. Yeah. Um, so for me, it's an 8 out of 10. Okay. Alright, um, I'm going to go back to the comparison you were making with Tacoma. So I was, I can't remember, I think I gave Tacoma a 7. Tacoma was very in your face as it was telling the story. Like, oh, here's this event and here's how it connects to this other event. There's not room for a lot of interpretation. With this game, you could go through and play it all and just take every story as its own thing and be like, oh, okay, cool. It's up to you to make the connections and find, like, Milton was here and realize, like, oh, maybe Milton is stuck in the walls. And I like that a lot. It leaves a lot of the fates up to you to decide what right. happened and is the curse real, is the curse not real. And I think it's just storytelling in video games at its peak um like I, I agree with you some of the stories are less impactful than others but overall it was a short experience it was all killer no filler <laughs> and I would give it gosh I'd give it a 9.5 out of 10 and the only reason it's not a 10 is I, I think I wanted a little bit more like I wanted to know maybe like something in the old house something with that I just like and that's probably due to budget constraints and like scope of the project right they were trying to make yeah. a two hour game they didn't have time but man I wish they could have had a, a little bit more of a budget to maybe make it like a three or four hour game and really I don't agree with that have like Molly's story like come up with a more exciting one or uh, what's the guy in the the bunker I, I think it's but I think I think it's concise, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that was the intention. I think that they had the scope in mind when they did if it. If they make it longer, then it'll start to get. Yeah. So dry. that's the thing. Is it's such a fine balance. How do you I think it they longer? designed it to be a one sitting game, yeah. and I think that's probably the only game, realistically, to do that. I mean, even Journey, I played in like two sittings and yeah. stuff. But I think that that was designed to be a one sitting. Here's the story. Do it. Do what it. Do with it what you will. Yeah. So I give it a nine point five. Go play this game if you haven't played it. Listen uh, to Jay's recommendations. Yeah. <laughs> I know what I'm talking about sometimes. Uh, I, I think I just think it's incredible that on Tacoma, John says I hate movie games. I don't like walking yeah. simulators. I don't. There's no game here. And then to him, just do a one eighty. Like I, when Paul picked this, I'm like, John's gonna hate this. That's what I thought too. But you surprised me. You liked it. I confused this <laughs> one with everybody's gone to the rapture every the time. Storytelling that they every did time. Here. Like yeah. I just think the storytelling was top notch. 
if this was a four-hour game, it probably would have been a five out of ten for me. Right. But because it's a two-hour game and because it held my attention the entire yeah. time, it was designed that way. It's and like to me, this is one of the best games I've ever played. All killer, no filler. Mm-hmm. So nine point five for me. Pretty high scores on this one. So, any uh, any other remarks before we wrap this one up? All right, well, we've been the Giants of Backlog. Um, if you enjoyed this episode, go check out our other episodes. This is episode nine now, so we're, we're starting to build these up. Um, and it would really help us if you can go give the video a like. Go tell your friends about this. Share on social media. And comment on us. Let us know what you thought. What was your score if you're watching this? Um, you know, send us some questions. We've got an email, giantsofbacklog at gmail.com. We'd love to get some emails and add uh, a viewer email segment to the podcast. So if you've got questions or you want us to um, debate or answer a question that you have about this game or any of the games that we've covered, write us an email. Join the Giants of Backlog. Community. Community. We're all about community. We love you guys. All right. Well... Thanks again for listening. John, um, I need to stop it's your pick it. next. Tell us what we're playing next. Um, next, I'm going to pick a classic from my middle school years, our middle school years, that I have never played. I'm going to go with... Oh, wait, can I guess? No. Oh. I'm going to go with the original Portal. Ooh, that was my guess. Oh, it was my guess. So join us I in two it. weeks uh, when we talk about Portal. Thanks, everyone. Thank you. What are you doing about water? <laughs> <laughs>